We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast coming at you on a uh, Wednesday. Um, we are now officially less than a month away from the NBA draft. So we got a lot of draft stuff going on. Shout out to Draft Class, hosted by Chris Persiani, coming at you every, uh, every Saturday morning. Um, and of course, we march forward to free agency. Uh, trade season, um, other things of that nature, and of course, rumors. And uh, today, we're going to be talking about someone whose name has uh, come up in a few rumors over the last few weeks, few months, few years. Uh, and that is, of course, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I know we, Jeremy and I obviously did an episode uh, on Donovan Mitchell a few weeks ago. Um, be sure to check that out if you missed it. Uh, we got into more of the cat mechanics and like, you know, the functionality of whether a trade should take place. Is it the right time? Is it the wrong time? This and that. Um, before we we close the loop on Donovan, though, I wanted to just get an insider perspective. So 
reached out to my good buddy, Jeremiah Jensen with KSL Sports over in Utah, who uh, does an amazing job covering the jazz for them. Uh, he's been on this program a few times before. We talked about Johnny Bryant. We talked about when they hired uh, Walt Perrin. Uh, he is plugged in with the jazz. Uh, it's a little bit of a, a tighter knit community over there in Salt Lake city. So he was kind enough to give us some time, talk about the jazz season, uh, what he's been hearing along the way. And most importantly, where things stand now and, uh, what he expects to take place this summer, as far as Quinn Snyder, as far as Rudy Gay, as far as obviously Donovan Mitchell. So we get into all that. Uh, with him on this episode uh, that is coming up. Uh, other other thing I just want to mention before we uh, we get to that. Uh, shout out to all of our patrons as always. We appreciate you guys. Um, the plan for anybody who has been joining us for the watch parties, I think we are going to try to do basically a game watch for every game uh, of the finals, or at the very least one or more of us. I know I'm going to try to be on playback for all of our, uh, all of the NBA finals games because it's the finals. I mean, you know, what's better than the finals, the conference finals have been kind of a dud to be honest with you. Um, But we'll, we'll, if there's a big game, uh, well, I guess game five is kind of a big game in, in Boston, Miami. So we'll probably do a playback for that. Um, But definitely for the finals, the plan is to be, to be on for for all of those games. So any uh, patrons who want to uh, watch along with us for the finals, uh, you're going to get a chance to do that. Anyone who has thought about signing up for the next film school Patreon, uh, you can go ahead and and do that. And you can watch the finals along with myself, uh, Andrew Claudio pops in, Jeremy, Benji, uh, the whole crew. So I uh, just wanted to give that a quick plug. And I think... That is all that I had to say. So without further ado, uh, here's my conversation with Jeremiah Jensen of KSLsports.com. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, uh, a returning guest. He has been kind enough to uh, join us a a few times in the past. Surprisingly, he keeps agreeing to come back on, even (laughs) though every time he's on here, it seems to be about the Knicks trying to poach players from the team he covers. Um, No, in all seriousness, he does an amazing job covering the Jazz for KSL Sports. Jeremiah Jensen, welcome back to the program once again, sir. How are you? Jonathan, it's great to be on. Knicks Nation, how are you? It's great to see all of you. Uh, Yeah, let's do it. I'm sure I know it's coming and I look forward to it. (laughs) Well, okay. I'm going to let me let's ease into it, right? Let's we won't dive (laughs) into the deep end. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, we'll we'll, We'll save it for the end. Yeah, we'll wait into the shallow end. So I actually want to go back to before this the season even started, because like from our vantage point here in New York, you know, you hear things and like you hear what mostly what national media are saying um, about all the teams, but a, a team like the Jazz. And like my sense entering this season was that um, like the, the Jazz were kind of on alert before the season even started is like, listen, coming off of last year's loss against the Clippers, no Kawhi, they better get it right. And it feels like if it's not this season, then there's going to be big changes. Were you guys feeling the same way there locally? Very much so. Yeah. The expectations were as high for this team as they've been since the Stockton and the Malone days wow. when they went to the finals. Because if you remember last year, Jonathan, this team had the best record in the NBA in the regular season. Yep. So Naturally, you're thinking, okay, this team, they slipped up in the playoffs, but Donovan wasn't 100%. 
Mike Conley was hurt. They, they realize they have a weakness in their roster. They can address it. They go out and get Rudy Gay. I think that can help. So here we go. Let's roll it back. And this team's going to make another run. Well, it didn't go very well. I mean, this team was number one defensive rating last year, and, and they, their defense was abysmal this year. Uh, Joe Ingles was not the same player he was and eventually got injured, lost for the season. They trade him uh, to save some money. Um, Rudy Gay didn't work out. So, yeah, it, there were so many expectations for this team coming into the season. And I don't think they were unfair because you're looking at a team that had the best record last year. Sure. Donovan coming back, Rudy coming back. This team had, there's some older parts, Boyan and, and Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley in their 30s, Joe Ingles, but they still had a lot of expectations and reason to think that Donovan and Rudy were going to take a jump again and this team was going to be a contender and it just didn't work out. So as we're going through the season, you know, it, especially the early part of the year, you know, you look up at the, you know, the net ratings, which a lot of people go by as the true indicator of how good teams are. And like there were the jazz neck and neck with the Warriors in the beginning part of the season outscored like the, the margin was that of a, of a contending team. And then you check in with the, the results and it was like, oh, that was odd. The jazz you know, blew a 15 point fourth quarter lead or something. And then you, like you'd start to see these things happening. And then for, again, just from our vantage point, it would, it felt like the noise was ratcheting up. Did, did, was the, did the pressure kind of like incrementally increase as the season was going on? Like what was the sense of like what it was like to cover this team during the year? Yeah, there's no question. I think they, the team probably felt some pressure. Uh, it really started in January. I believe January 5th, this team was 28 and 10. They were a game or a game and a half back of the Warriors and who at that time had the best yes. record in the NBA. And then after that, they had a losing record the rest of the way. So something happened in January. They had a lot of COVID issues they were dealing with. Donovan Mitchell had a concussion. Um, players in and out of the lineup. I think Joe Ingles was not playing his best. He was feeling the pressure of the trade deadline coming. He knew what was coming uh, if he wasn't performing well. And so you add all those details into that. And I think the team just had some fissures and some cracks that uh, they didn't have in the past. And then as the team loses, then all of a sudden some passive aggressiveness starts happening. Rudy takes these subtle shots at Donovan Mitchell's defense, you know, talking about how improved Devin Booker was. And then it was going back and forth a little bit in the media and, and, you know, Quinn tried to put some of those fires out, but they, they happened and it just, you know, there was some of that going on. And then in that process, this team forgot who they were. They got away from the way they were playing team basketball, moving the basketball, and it became ISO ball and hero ball. Donovan Mitchell was taking too much on himself to be, to take this team and carry them. And they needed to play the way they had normally played and they weren't. And so this team was not fun to watch this year because they stopped playing jazz basketball they stopped playing the way that they did that got them to where they have been in the last three or four years it you i could have taken the last 20 seconds of what you said and uh applied it directly to the knicks of the last oh. two years because the Knicks. i mean look we haven't had nearly as much success as you guys over the last 20 years but uh we were actually a fun team to watch in our own sense a year last year was this, fun that Everyone's thinking, John, I mean, for, I'll sorry to just chime in, but my, yeah, from my perspective, like, okay, the Knicks, they've hired the right people in the front office. They've yep. got the right people around them. They're making good draft decisions and they've got some young talent. And Julius Randle was playing like an all-star and it felt like, okay, the Knicks got something here. Right. And then like, I think you're, you're, you're pointing in the same direction that yeah. the Jazz went here. Something was off and it just fell apart and they could never bounce back from it. The and Jazz I, made the playoffs, but it felt like they shouldn't have been, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, no, it, it makes complete sense. And I guess we're, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm still kind of trying to wade my way through what, like where to point the finger of blame. I'm, and look, this is New York. Um, we, we got to blame someone. Like if, if we're not blaming someone, you're, 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 you're not doing it right. Um, you know, a lot of it went on Tibbs. A lot of it went on and still is on Randall. Do does that happen in Utah? And if so, like, where, hey. was there one finger pointed in one direction or was it in multiple directions? Look, Jonathan, we don't have the Yankees and we don't have the, the Nets and we don't have the you know, Jets and the Giants and all these other teams that we can turn our attention to when the Jazz aren't doing well. The Jazz are the big show here in town. And college football is huge here too, but it, Jazz brings it all together. Everybody loves the Utah Jazz here. And so when this team isn't performing well, and people here get frustrated. And people here are really intelligent basketball fans. Basketball, everybody here plays basketball. And so we're not, you can't fool people here. So when things aren't being, when you're not playing the game right, and you're not doing things the right way, and you're not hustling, and you're not, you're not doing the things that fans expect the bare minimum of you to do, they're going to notice and they're going to be upset about it. And for the first time in a while, since maybe Ty Corbin was, was the head coach here, Jonathan, there's a little bit of apathy in jazz nation, which is weird. Okay. Very much so where it, it got to the point where the frustration, well, I mean, they had 15 blown leads this year in the fourth quarter. It was just so frustrating. It was you guys and us. Uh, we, 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 we uh, lapped the field when it came to yeah. blowing leads in the second half games. Yeah. And, and fans, it was like, Oh, here we go again. Here we go again. And, and you know, it, it becomes, it happens over and over again that you go from the pain, you go through the, the five stages of grief, right? And, and finally, yes, there's only now, five. I thought there were. I, 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 there I could be it. more. We could invent a few, I'm sure. But Jazz fans <laughs> reached the point of acceptance. It's like this is who we are now, and they're like, ah, oh, what? You know. So the Jazz are entering a really interesting offseason where they've got a little bit of fan apathy and frustration. They realize they can't run this back, and so what is this organization going to do after what they saw this year? How are they going to fix this roster? And move forward. Do they move over to, forward with Donovan and Rudy? Do they move one of them? How does this all work? So while the Jazz season was really, really lame and boring and dull, the offseason is going to be really fascinating. I, I think it's not just for Jazz fans here or people that follow the team, but around the NBA, I think a lot of people are going to be wondering, what are the Jazz going to do this offseason? Well, and look, it, and I just want, I want to be very clear about this. It is not fair for the quote unquote small market team. And like, I don't know if like it's Salt Lake city is small. It's not a small market, but it, you know, when you compare it to a Miami or a, you know, in LA or whatever, it, it, that, that, that's the bucket it gets put in. We don't have the beach here. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's sand, not, I guess not that far away, but no, it's, it's not a lot of clubs on the corner to go to, (laughs) if you know what I mean. There's no, no clubs. There's not one just out of sight. Uh, and, no churches, and, no clubs. Sorry. No, there you go. Um, it's not fair that you know you, you. Those are the teams, and if they, especially if, if one of those teams has a really good player, young player, especially like a Donovan Mitchell, you know the the, the spotlight is always going to be on there and be like, okay, when's that guy going to ask out? Where's it going to go? Yeah. But that's the reality of it's the reality of the NBA because of of things that have happened over the last like whatever 10, 15 years. Um, which brings us to here. And like you said, I think it is probably the talk of the NBA before we get to Donovan, you mentioned Quinn Snyder a few times. Uh, it, we're, we're recording this at five uh, eleven Eastern standard time on May 24th. <laughs> Quinn Snyder is still the jazz coach. And yeah. I think yeah. 
that is a surprising development to some people who expected that maybe that wasn't going to be the case. Is there any expectation that he, I mean, it seems like he's just going to be back, right? Yeah. I just, we have to assume that uh, he, he refused to talk about his contract situation. Uh, when it, well, I guess you can call it locker clean out his last, his last interview sure. of the season. And he left it at that. He didn't really elaborate any further on his situation. Now he's under contract for one more year. Uh, GM Justin Zanuck has made it clear that they want Quinn to be their head coach moving forward. Okay. So the Jazz want him to be the head coach. If there's no way he's getting fired. The okay. question is, does Quinn want to extend? Does he want to coach beyond this year? And he has not answered that question publicly. And we have no idea what he said to other people in the organization. So that's where it stands right now is there's, there is this kind of weird feeling like, okay, Quinn's a lame duck coach going into this last season. What does he want? What is he looking at? And all season long next year, now this is going to be a distraction if it's not resolved one way or the other. Either he needs to sign an extension or they need to move forward with some other coach because you can't really go into a whole year where every day you're going to be wondering, okay, is Quinn going to be the coach next year? Or how, how much longer is this going to go? So that needs to be addressed in some way publicly, but it's not being addressed. So yes, as of right now, Quinn is under contract. He's the head coach, but there's still so much uncertainty and so many unanswered questions about his future here with Utah. Well, I'm going to ask one of those unanswered questions right now. The first of what might be a few uh, unfair questions to you. Does, do we know if Donovan Mitchell wants Quinn Snyder to be the jazz head coach? And, and by extension, do, how much do the jazz care about that? I, I think I know the answer to the second question, but I don't know the first. Well, I'll answer both of them. Number one, Donovan was, did, did mention that in his last interview after they lost the Mavericks in game six. He wants Quinn. Quinn's is, he, he loves Quinn. He wants okay. him to be the coach. There's no question. And, and I'm telling you from anybody that I've talked to, there's never been any feeling that there's any friction between the two. The relationship is solid. It's great. Quinn and Donovan have always had a connection since he was drafted. So I don't see that as a problem. Okay. Um, so that, that's not something I think that there needs to be any worry about. Your second question, sorry, was about... Well, I think you, that kind of answers the second okay. one, which is like, do the Jazz care about who, who Donovan wants as, as yeah, the head coach? Absolutely. And I'll tell you this, and, and this, is, this maybe bridges into the next question you asked me, but the Jazz are doing everything they can to keep Donovan happy. <laughs> and I can tell you that moving forward, they want Donovan to be the face of this franchise. There's no question about that. Remember, the Jazz have the All-Star game coming here yes. in February. Yep. It would not be a good look for the Jazz to not have any All-Stars in that game. And it would be weird to not have Donovan be the face and the host of that All-Star game. This is a big year for this organization. This means a lot to them. This is the 30th anniversary of the first time they hosted the All-Star game. So this is a big thing for the Utah Jazz and for this community. And so, and that'll kind of build into what you're going to be asking well, about with Donovan is, Yes, um, Donovan. I mean, they, they absolutely. The, the it, answer is yes. It, it's funny that you bring that up unprompted because I was going to ask about it. Because again, one of those things we're not in Utah. We only hear yeah. a lot of what the national media says about this, and it has that, the All Star Game thing has been brought up as like correct or right or wrong. It, it seems to be part of the calculus. Calcu if there is a calculus to be going on, which again, I'm getting ahead of myself because maybe there is no calculus for the Jazz right now. Maybe it's just like. I mean, Donovan Mitchell has a lot of years left on his contract. There's no reason he should be going anywhere. But again, you hear you hear the talk. The other relationship I want to ask about, and it's been well documented, is the relationship between Donovan and Rudy. I feel like we haven't heard anything since the end of the year from your. I mean, you're you're plugged in from your impression. Where 
Where are those two guys at right now with each other? It's just, it's been a guessing game, honestly. I, you know, this, this all started, you know, back, I'm not going to dwell too much on it, but, you know, when, when, when they both got COVID and it yeah. kind of set off everything, we all know the history behind that. Donovan had, was, was, and may, was there friction building between the two before that? I have no idea. We don't know, but it never became, or it never became public or nobody ever knew that the two of them had some issues until that moment. And then they went in the bubble and they, apparently there was a meeting between the two and everything was ironed out and fine. And they had a great playoff series against the Nuggets. It came up one basket short of winning that series. And it just, we just kind of moved, everybody moved on. And then last year was great. They, 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 they had the best record in regular season. And then the Clippers series happened and Rudy was embarrassed. Really? By his teammates. Um, the, if you've watched the jazz, you know, that Rudy is, you know, three-time defensive player of the year. Everybody else around him are a bunch of chairs and nobody can guard on the perimeter. And Rudy's got to fit. He's, it's basically five on one sometimes. Yeah. And in that series, especially with the Clippers length and all the problems they presented when you have Donovan, uh, hobbled Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley, who, who can't, who, who has one hamstring trying to guard six, five, six, six and six, nine guys. I mean, it was an, it was a disaster. That's why they blew that 25 point lead in game six. And I think that there was some frustration Rui has carried since that moment. I'm not, he, he's, he's, he hasn't spoken a lot publicly about it, but it, it that it was, a, like a, that was, a, a, that was a pride moment for him where he got yeah. blamed for their playoff failure and it was not his fault. And well, he caught a lot of blame. I felt like nationally from people who maybe were not, yeah. as, you know, keyed in on what actually was happening in that series. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if the, if the, if you if you're the defensive player of the year and your team blew a 25 point lead, it's on you, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, so that kind of gets us to now. And you, there was some passive aggressiveness throughout the season, and there kept being these reports bubbling up out of somewhere that they were having some issues. And the, and the Booker thing was kind of the tipping point. And so here we are again this year. Whatever that was, it hasn't gone away, and there's friction again. Apparently, they talked again. And everybody had a meeting. There was a meeting between the players and they got a lot of stuff off their chest. It was a team thing. It wasn't just the two of them. And so they moved on forward, but obviously things didn't end well this season. And so then there was a report a couple of weeks ago from somebody I know, Sean O'Connell, who said that Rudy wants to give this team an ultimatum that either it, it, it's me or him because, and Rudy denies it. Okay. Rudy denied it publicly said on Twitter, this is just another rumor. Okay. But why does this stuff keep happening with these two? Why does this keep coming up? It's, it's, you know, and, and to what degree is it serious or is it overblown? I tend to be in the camp that it's a little bit overblown. I mean, I saw these two interacting during the playoff series. I was covering in Dallas and everything seemed cool. They were high five and everything was fine. But again, I'm not in the locker room. I'm not with sure. these guys every moment. So I don't know. And I haven't had any conversations with anybody because the season's over and everybody's gone. So that's where we stand right now is I don't know where their relationship is. And I don't know if that report is true. And I don't know if that's happened yet, but the fact that we're having to talk about this still three years after, well, two years after all this stuff happened. Yeah. There's a problem for this franchise and this franchise has to get these guys in the room and say, okay, can we move forward with you together? And if we can't, let's do something about it. Well, it, like I, I don't, I, I mean, I don't, goodness knows. I don't know Donovan Mitchell and I don't know how, who really knows him well, but he, I don't know. He doesn't strike me as the sort of guy that would march into 
a GM's office and be like, it's, you know, it's me or him or like trade. No. Like you've said it a few times, it's passive aggressiveness. Like the, the, this, there's like, it's subtle. Um, just one other thing I'm curious about, like, I know in some NBA cities, there is, you know, if, if there's a sense that an organization is catering so heavily to a player, there can be a little pushback against that. Like, well, wait a minute. Who is, who is this guy to get that sort of, is there, is there any of that in, in Utah or, or are jazz fans like we got to keep Donovan here no matter what? This situation, I think, can split the fan base, right? It's okay. okay. So which player, if, if we're trading one of them, who are we trading? Well, don't trade Donovan. Well, don't trade Rudy. You know, that, that kind of stuff naturally can occur. Um, but, you know, to it's kind of to that point, I mean, these guys, there's obviously, I don't know, they're both really good guys. And it's frustrating that they can't figure out how to make this all work. And maybe it's not just a personality. Maybe it's just on the court stuff, too. Like, it just doesn't. It's just not a match, but yeah, I think it absolutely could splinter the fan base and it could cause people to say, okay, well, you know, I'm, 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 I'm team Donovan or I'm team Rudy. You haven't seen that really developed yet because okay. like, we don't know that that ultimatum has actually been given, but there's still already some of that going on with fans knowing that obviously something is going to change its off. That's going to be, we don't know, but it could be big. And if it's big, it means probably one of those two is moving on. So uh, yeah, I think that's somewhat developing, but not quite to the point where it's, um, a thing, if that makes sense. It, is there a sense that the, the this has the, the an era has ended? Like, is there a, it, like it doesn't sound from what you're saying that there is a, that there is an acceptance yet that next season's version is going to be drastically different? But that again, from the outside, just how this is being covered nationally, you would think that it's like it, that's already a done deal. That this is like these guys are not going to both be back next year. Is is that the sense you guys are getting? Well, no, I won't go that far yet because I think there's still time to figure out, you know, can they, can they get these guys on the same page? And then once they do, then I think there does need to be a reset with this franchise, if that makes sense. Now they could push that button. They could move one or the other. If it's to that point, I'm not in the room with Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck and Quinn Schneider and, and the ownership. And I mean, I don't know if Dwayne Wade will be there or who, but (laughs) they've got, I mean, Dwayne should be there. I think he would help, but they've got to get all these guys in the room and say, okay, the future of the franchise is at stake here. You guys' pursuit of a championship is, is at stake here. Let's figure this out. And if one of you, if you, if you, if we don't feel like this can work forward, let's, let's make a decision. But if the decision is to stick with those guys, which I think is the right decision because you've got two all-stars. How many teams, Jonathan, have two all-stars? Well, we, like, you the next two of the top <laughs> three players, right? So no, it's, it's hard. It's hard to get to. Why would you want to blow it up when you could, if you could fix it? So yeah. if it can't be fixed, then you have to. But if you can, you got to try to fix it first. My my belief, and and I don't have any intel on this, is they'll they'll do everything they can to keep these guys together. If they had to pick and choose, they would keep Donovan. Okay, I'm telling you right now, that would be what they do. I think that they're then that would come from ownership. Hopefully, it doesn't get to that point. But they have to make massive changes to the roster around Donovan and Rudy to figure to get a new identity and a new look moving forward that can be more competitive and better. Uh, defensively in the way that the NBA plays nowadays. So um, I think that's kind of where things are at with that. Um, we don't have to go through fake Rudy Gobert trades. I'm sure you've been through that. enough. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, yeah. I, I'll say this. I think it's an interesting conversation. It's, and it, if, if, and when it comes to that, I'll be curious to see what the marketplace is like. Well, real um, quick, if, yeah. if they do, they don't have draft picks. They have no assets. I know. So if they, the they Jazz are going to do a radical rework of the roster, say it's around Donovan, 
then Rudy is the $40 million a year that they have to do it with. So in, in that sense, if they have to do something like that, they have to move one of them because they take up so much of the salary cap. So um, I think that is important to mention that if they do make something big, they may have to sacrifice one of these guys. Oh, absolutely. And it, I mean, it's, we don't have to go back too much down memory lane, but like it, like looking back at the Connolly deal, like that was, that was a big, that was a big play. It, not that you gave up a ton to get him, but it was some assets out the door, which meant it was assets that you couldn't then reserve for, you know, a later point in time. So it, it's, it's interesting what, what they'll be able to do. Memphis has their first round pick right now. Grayson Allen and Jay Crowder were playing in the playoffs when Mike <laughs> Conley wasn't. So Mike Conley has been incredible in the regular season. It just hasn't worked out in the playoffs for him. So, um, yeah, that's uh, – I'm sure Knicks fans aren't concerned about Mike Conley, but, you know, how has that worked out with the Jazz? Well, it hasn't, it hasn't, and that's kind of the part of the deal with what they've got to do moving forward. they got to decide whether Mike Conley is the piece they move. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, 
thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about Factor. Factor makes it easy to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never-frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. Factor saves you time by delivering chef-crafted meals to your doorstep, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and meal prep. Not to mention cleanup. No dishes to wash here. Each Factor meal arrives pre-prepared and ready to eat in two minutes. That's even faster than ordering in. Factor tackles the tough stuff so I don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients. And with 29 meal options each week, I'm never bored. Going off script for this next part to tell you just how convenient and delicious I've found Factor. My to-do list is usually never-ending, whether it's producing this show, hosting my own show final review, preparing a proposal in Long Beach, doing my taxes, or whatever else. I rarely have time for meal prep. When Factor sent me a box to test out, I chose the extra protein option. They sent me a week's worth of meals, and I had no idea just how convenient this was going to be. Each meal comes pre-prepared. You just put it in the microwave for two minutes, wait another two minutes for it to cool down, and boom, in four minutes, my meal is ready, and it's delicious as well. Last night while I was editing this podcast, I heated up the pork shepherd's pie with white cheddar, Yukon mash, and roasted green beans. Not only was the prep time non-existent, but I was able to get a lunch break in and still get the podcast out for all of you to hear without taking a significant break. They have plenty of other meal options as well. There's vegan and veggie meals, keto, low-calorie options, cold-pressured juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant-based bars, extra protein, the one I chose, veggie sides, and more to keep you fueled and focused all day long. Don't hesitate. Head to go.factor75.com slash filmschool120 and use promo code filmschool120 and get $120 off. That's code filmschool120 at go.factor75.com slash filmschool120 for $120 off. So we'll, we'll end on Donovan. So he was, I know he was in New York. Watch, I think he took in... If I recall, a Ranger game, and I want to—I mean, I, obviously, there's the connection with the Mets because of his dad. I—he—he—he uh, he, he made the rounds. Um, look, we talked two years ago, and this noise was there then. It's going to be there until he either retires as a member of the Jazz or he plays in a different place, and then the noise will will move with him. Um, do you, you know, I'll just come out and ask you, do you, do you get from where your vantage point, do you get a sense that Donovan Mitchell is looking to play in a bigger market at some point? Donovan is such a nice guy. He's just, I cannot say enough good things about him that I think he's being very careful about this. I don't know if he knows what he wants, um, but you're hearing all these rumblings in these things. So, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Is there something to this? Um, who's starting these things? Is it the Knicks? Is it the people around Donovan? Um, I tell you if I knew. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that I'm sure that his, his his mom would love him to come back to New York. I don't falter for that. 
it would be a lot easier to just drive to the games instead of flying to Salt Lake. So are there people in his camp that want him to come back to New York? He's a Westchester kid, right? So yeah, it's like if somebody from Salt Lake city was one of the top 10 basketball players in the world, jazz fans would want him to come back here. So, I mean, Kyle Kuzma played college basketball here. Jazz fans want Kyle Kuzma to come back here. You know what I mean? Like, so I get it. I get it. And Donovan is a special player and he's a special person. So I get why Knicks fans would want him. And I, and I see why some people in his camp might want him back right now. He's got a contract. He's, he's under contract for three more years with the option or the player option for a fourth. And it's, it's a, it's a lucrative contract. And um, while he's under contract, I don't think the jazz have any intention of moving him or trading him. So would he ask for a trade? We talked about it earlier. Donovan's such a nice guy. This is not James Harden we're talking about no. here. He is the ant. He, he is the complete opposite of that. So this is not a guy that's going to try to manipulate and get what he wants all the time. And this is a this is a guy that I think has has a lot of loyalty to the Utah Jazz organization. They aggressively pursued him and went after him when nobody else thought he could become what he is. They gave him the opportunity to do this. So I think that does play with Donovan. But I also get the other pull. So I'm not going to sit here and be naive and ignorant and think that that's not happening. This, naturally, that's going to happen. So it's up to the Jazz to build a contender and build a team that Donovan wants to play for. I think ultimately, this is what it comes down to, Jonathan, is Donovan wants to win and he wants to win a championship and he wants to be the best player he can be. And he'll go wherever he needs to to make that happen. And if he doesn't feel it's in Utah at the end of his contract, um, he'll move on. And if it's if it gets even worse than that before the three years is up, maybe it's this year and he doesn't like the direction. Maybe he will go to management and say, I'd like it. I'd like a change of scenery. Um, so I'm not naive to think that that can't happen. And I think I was, when we talked a year or two ago, I told you that there's no way he's leaving. There's no way the jazz, are, there's no way the Knicks are going to get him. Well, that's different now. And, and Donovan's coming off a year where he didn't, he, he wasn't, he didn't go up in trajectory. He, he leveled out this yeah. year. And he had some serious problems in the clutch and he's got a lot of problems in, in his game that he's got to iron out to get to the next level. He's got to be better in the clutch. I think he's got, you know, he tried to take over games too much. He tried to ISO ball too much. He got out of what made the jazz great. So there are some things that he's got to work on and get better. And he, he, I don't want to call this year a step back, but it was definitely not a step forward for him as far as his, his performance on the court. And so he's got a lot of growth to do on his own game. And he's still young, 25 years old. So I, um, yeah, I, I think the the criticism, and I've been pretty vocal about this. I, I think the criticism of, of Donovan and his game is has gone a little bit too far. Like he was neck and neck with with yeah. Trey Young for my last, I think, All NBA guard spot. And I think I ended, I flip flopped like towards the end. I think I ended up going with Young at the at the last minute. Um, but that's no reflection on on Donovan. It was because of honestly, I think there was just like too many guards. But I thought, but he was one of the best fifteen players in the NBA this season. And I I I like you think that he could get you know, even better. And like you said, he's still young. Um, last thing I want to ask you uh, just again, because we don't really have a sense of this stuff from so far away. The ownership change happened now. Was it two years ago uh, yep. to Ryan Smith? Yep. Uh, Dwayne Wade's there, obviously Danny Ainge. Um, I, my impression of the jazz for a very, very long time is that when you talk about culture in the NBA, like maybe they were a little quieter about it. Not like heat culture where they're like, you know, you talk about the clubs over there, like yeah. layering it from the loudspeakers. Yeah. But I respected jazz culture from afar. Um, you never know how that's going to, if it's going to change and how it's going to change. If there's a change in ownership, 
Um, certainly happened here a little bit, uh, you might say, 20, 20 some odd years ago. Uh, we won't go there right now, though. Uh, anyway, <laughs> how is there a sense that it's still sturdy uh, or has there been a change of any kind? And if so, what? Well, yeah, there definitely has been a change. And I think that we're still trying to figure out what the change means. Okay. Uh, you know, in the past, the Miller family owned this team for almost three decades, three decades. And, and there was just thought, you're right. There was stability there. They knew who they were. There was an identity. This is who we are. This is how we're going to always be. Well, the a new owner comes in who is this billionaire tech guy who, you know, who skateboards and he plays backwards basketball and, and he's got the hat thing going on. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's, I, I, he's my age. Like I, you know, you, you're not used to owners being your age and he's, he's, he's my age and he wear, he, he doesn't wear a suit on, you know, it's just, yeah. he's just got a different vibe and he's got, he's hanging out with Dwayne Wade and Dwayne Wade now owns part of the team. You know, it's different. Um, and so it is different. I think everyone's trying to adjust to it and, even Rudy, Rudy and Quinn were part of the old guard, right? So sure, they're yeah. adjusting to it. Danny Ainge, you throw Danny Ainge into the mix, and we still don't know what Danny Ainge is actually doing, but he's there. <laughs> he's just he, there. He's just hanging you, out. You, you know, you, you're closely followed the Celtics because of the rivalry with the Knicks and all that kind of stuff. You know what Danny Ainge did in Boston, and he was he was he was a shrewd move maker. So he was. Are there are they going to be making a lot of moves here? So there's a lot of uncertainty with the organization, right? I guess the point I'm getting to is there is a lot of feeling out right now. And we're trying to, the Jazz are trying to figure out what their identity is now as they're moving forward with a new owner, with somebody like Dwayne Wade in, in tow and, and, and Danny Ainge, what impact is he going to have on this franchise? So there is a lot of I don't knows about this franchise right now. And so there could be change when there's I don't knows. We don't know yet. We'll find out this offseason. That kind of sets the stage for everything. But yeah, this is not the old jazz that you remember watching when the Miller family and everything was always the same and you just knew what the jazz were and were going to be. I think there is a sense of some newness here, but also some uncertainty. Not that the franchise is unstable or anything like that, but that, you know, what is the identity of this franchise moving forward? And I think the all-star game here next year is all part of that. It's kind of setting the tone for this franchise moving forward in the NBA. It's all part of that, but it's going to be exciting here to figure out what that is. But to answer your question, it is different. And so that could impact how things um, are, are done here uh, moving forward as far as personnel goes. Well, like you said, it's a situation that everybody's watching. Um, I'd be I'd be lying if I said I wasn't going to be monitoring it pretty closely yeah. from afar. Hey, you, no, no Donovan uh, Knicks uh, trade machine here. You got any ideas of what the Knicks would need to try to pry Donovan out of here? I'm sure. I mean, Knicks fans can send it my way on Twitter and to I'll be, tell you what I think. To be honest with you, I and I've kind of, we did a podcast about it a few weeks because I mean, look, it, it, the Knicks don't have a star and yeah. they're not, I mean, I we like R.J. Barrett a lot. I like R.J. Barrett a lot. Some people like him a lot, even more than me. Um, maybe he becomes a, a real true star one day. I don't, I don't think he's quite there yet. He needs to grow a few parts of his game. Randall, we don't need to talk about the regression that Randall took this year. It's like, you're not doing anything in the NBA if you don't have a star. So, yeah. you know, if you're the Knicks and you want to get better, you look for, well, where can we get one of those guys? And, uh, and Donovan Mitchell, listen, say what you want about whatever faults he has. That dude is a star with a capital yep. S. So no question on and off the court. Mind you, he is, he is special on and off the court. Yeah. So I, I don't, I personally don't think they're in a great position to trade for him right now because like, I don't, I don't, I mean, if I was the Jazz, would I really would I feel great about like RJ Barrett is the he's the main return for for Mitchell? Yeah. I mean, maybe I'd ask for Barrett and you know three future first round picks. I, I don't know what that would do, but yeah, I don't I don't know. Well, we can have that conversation if and when the 
the, the time comes. Um, <laughs> before I let you go, just uh, to let the folks at home know uh, where they can find you. If anyone's not following you, where they can follow you, the whole thing. Yeah, I'm on, I'm active on Twitter at JJ Sports Beat. And, uh, you know, if there's people there wanting to follow Donovan Mitchell every step for, that he takes, we've got you covered, kslsports.com. So check in with the Jazz, check in with Donovan Mitchell by going to kslsports.com whenever you're interested. Um, there you go. Okay. KSLsports.com was so invaluable to me when I was doing the research on Walt Perrin, uh, Johnny Bryant, who uh, we haven't even talked about. I think that's the last time you were on is we were talking about Johnny Bryant. Yeah, Walt, Walt's my guy, too. If Walt's watching. Walt, what's up, man? We miss, <laughs> we miss you in Salt Lake, but you got two great people uh, there. The Knicks stole from Salt Lake City, and, I, and, they're, and I'm glad that they're doing well there and thriving, but the Good, good people and really good at their jobs. So you're fortunate to have them, Nick Nation. Well, let me let me tell you, there's a lot of members of Nick Nation who want uh, Johnny Bryant to get a promotion. <laughs> hey, I'll just say be ready. Hey, I'm just saying, if Quinn Snyder moves on, Johnny Bryant's well, going to be on a short list of replacements. I promise you that. That's okay. Interesting. That's a, well, 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 I think they they what do they call that in the business? Uh, a teaser, a hanger for whatever. Yeah, for, yeah. For, for, the, for the next you episode. You need to have me on again in the six months <laughs> to a year, Jonathan. We won't wait as long next time. We'll, we'll, we'll probably have something to talk about sooner than that. Uh, Jeremiah Jensen, KSL Sports. Uh, you are the best. Thank you again so much for coming on. I really appreciate it, man. You got it. Thanks, John, for having me. All right. Hope you enjoyed that little um, little convo about Mr. Donovan Mitchell. I still can't quite decide if if the opportunity to trade for Donovan came. Obviously, I, I'd, I'd be gung-ho. Like my natural instinct would be like, holy shit, we get Donovan Mitchell. But I don't know. I still still don't really feel like it's the right time. I think actually it's probably for the best that he goes back to Utah this year. And maybe uh, the Knicks will be in a slightly better position to trade for him a season from now. If if things go that way. And who knows? Uh, like Jeremiah said, maybe maybe it never gets to that point. We'll, we'll see. Um, anyway, thanks for checking out another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. We will be back with you. Uh, with another episode at the end of this week. Um, also, don't forget to join Jeremy on um, <laughs> Cap Rules Everything Around Me. Uh, Going to be live uh, tonight. He's, he goes live every Wednesday. And uh, on and on we go. All right. I think that's it. Uh, hope you enjoyed it and have a good rest of your week. Talk to you soon. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. 
Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 